Hello and welcome back to Nature's Wonders. I'm your host Will and today we are joined with Ben. Ben has been in the reefing hobby for a very long time and just recently he has turned his passion of reefing into his own business, Ben's Nems. This podcast is sponsored by Corals Anonymous and Aquachar. Thank you. doing today ben no i'm doing very well will how about yourself i'm doing good so before we get started into the show can you give a little explanation and background into who you are and how you started your business yeah absolutely so uh my name is ben uh just created a company called ben's nems um been in the hobby not always salt water but you know started off in fresh for Gosh, probably 20 plus years. Um, really just fell in love with anemones and clownfish and, you know, now macroalgae and just kind of said, why not follow my passion and do something I really enjoy? Yeah, that's always something that you want to do. So how did you turn your hobby into a business that you're growing right now? Oh, that is a great question. Um Gosh, uh, without getting too much into it, I was an electrician. I technically still am. You know, and that's obviously some really dangerous work. Had a had a little close call. Kind of scares you, you know. And then, unfortunately, right after that, my grandfather, who was 91, lived a great life, passed away. And, you know, it just kind of sets things into perspective. You know, you, you don't have much time on this earth. And you kind of just, just go do what you do. You know, go follow it. So, just kind of pushed uh push myself out the door or I guess in the door and just went for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great story. So what do you guys sell at Ben's Nems? It might seem self-explanatory to some and not to others, but what do you guys, what, yeah, what do you guys sell? So we definitely, first and foremost, we're all about aquaculture, whether that's you know, 90% of the time that's in-house, but, uh, you know, I do have some like local clownfish breeders, not local, but friends around that, you know, help me out when I need it. But we really specialize in anemones, you know, hence Ben's Nems, and then clownfish. Uh, we really like to do harems and clownfish. That's one of my big passions. So we definitely always have those on the site. And then my other business partner who... I'm sure a bunch of you guys probably know a lot more about him than me is uh, Tyler Wells or at Inland Reef and he runs all the macros and yeah, that's about uh, what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. So you said something about the uh, clownfish harems. Yeah. You don't see that a lot. Can you explain how you are different from just adding a bunch of clownfish to a tank and how you can successfully do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so for most beginners, like when I first wanted a harem, and I say beginners because once you understand a harem, you can kind of break these rules that I'm about to tell you, but don't <laughs> if you're a first timer. Um, 
So the best way to do a harem, there's a couple things. You know, you need the right rock work. And I say that as in, I like to call it like an eyesight break. So a clownfish will get a little territorial because they're in the damsel family. And they usually have like a 12 inch radius of their territory. So if another clown comes by and, you know, they don't like it or something, they will try to go after that clown. But as long as that other clown can get away and out of sight quickly, usually pretty good. And, you know, with harems, you really want to get all the same kind of fish from the same clutch. Now, when I say clutch, I mean the same parents. You know, they're all technically brothers at the beginning. Um, you know, so our, our harems are true harems. They're usually kind of the higher-end clownfish. Um, but, yeah, if you go out there online and search for them, you just don't, you don't really find a true harem. You'll find a bunch of snowflakes, let's say, but I doubt they're going to be a true harem. So are there any clownfish that you breed that are specifically for harems, or is it all just, like, species? Like, what clownfish is best for a harem? Um, so you definitely... I mean, I'm sure it could be done. I know in big aquariums, I've seen it done with maroon, the maroon species. Um, but I would stick away from that. They just get too big and too aggressive. But any of your oscillaris um, will do really well. I mean, any of those smaller clownfish types. Uh, I really enjoy the Onyx Picassos. That's what we've been doing lately. Um and one, that's a fish I don't really even see for sale as singles a lot out there. So to me, it just, it's kind of neat to be able to, to get a nice higher end, I guess, fish in a harem. Is so, would that be your favorite clownfish? That is a good question. No, my, my favorite clownfish right now that I have in my house, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Robert King. Uh, he's one no, of the I, uh, first heard. breeders of the zombie clownfish. And uh, so I have an F1 uh, male from that two Darwin clownfish that are 29 years old from him and a uh, storm clownfish. But, you know, for all those out there who might understand breeding or may not, when you take as close as you can to a wild and something that is extremely bred, like any of the white fish, and you put those together, you'll start kind of like re-engineering the genes, I want to say, and start getting the really nice genes back out of that fish. Um, so that would probably be my favorite two fish as of right now. Nice. And you're trying to breed them right now? Yeah, I have several pairs in the basement that we're breeding and trying to breed. Um, there was a local guy not too long ago who gave me his, uh, once again, maroons, I go back to that. He wanted to do more of a harem, and he had a pair of gold nuggets in there, and they're massive. I mean, they're biggest clownfish I've ever seen or had. Uh, so I'm trying to do two gold nuggets mm -hmm. together. That'll be interesting. Um, and then I've got, let's see, black snowflake with a black snowflake. Uh, there's a... Darwin with a black lightning. So black lightning is an all black clownfish with basically just like a lightning bolt on top. Uh, mm -hmm. 
couple other ones in there. There's a orange storm with a regular Ocelaris trying to bring that all orange back out of that mocha, trying to like, you know, get that black out of it. Um, yeah, that's mm. about all the pairs right now. Pretty cool. So, when you were talking about your zombie clownfish, did you say it was 27 years old? Oh, okay, so it's not my zombie clownfish. So Robert King's clownfish, um, you can find him on Facebook. Absolutely amazing group. Like, seriously, you're not going to find a better group out there. Um, just such nice people. But he's got a pair of clownfish from Darwin, Australia. So Darwin, Australia imports, you know, back, I'm going to say in like the 96 and then maybe again in like 2000. But they don't import anymore because the water there is so murky. And I believe that's one of the reasons why the clownfish are black that come out of there. You know, evolution over time. But it is one of the most highly populated uh, crocodiles in the world. So these divers would go down and just, you know, be getting killed constantly. Um, so they stopped importing those. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So he's got a 29-year-old pair of Darwins you know, true wilds that are breeding still to this day. And they're throwing this albino gene now. Well, I think they've been doing that for a while, but now they're throwing fish that are, I guess the older pair of clownfish they're starting to find out. They start throwing, I guess, like vertical stripes or not vertical stripes, horizontal stripes. No, excuse me, vertical stripes. Um, So basically as you get older with these clownfish, they start, just throwing all these awesome mutation, not mutations, I want to say, but new patterns that you've never seen. And they're actually starting to figure out that maybe, maybe the maroon lightning clownfish or the first maroon clownfish, excuse me, came from like an old pair of oscillaris in the ocean. It's kind of what they're starting to track it back to, um, which is extremely interesting. So, the clownfish, every single clutch that it produces, it won't be the exact, like, it won't be very similar. Like, they can really change. Yeah, so, oh gosh, um, great gentleman who used to breed clownfish, uh, Reef Stash, I don't know if you know who that is. He explained it to me extremely well one time. You get online and look at a clownfish family tree. You know, whether you're on, you know, because there's two different brackets and there's, you get into different species, but it always starts off at the top as like a normal oscillaris. So your black uh, oscillaris with the white stripes or your orange with the white stripes. And at the very bottom, it's always the white fish. So your platinums, you know, your storms, things of that nature. So if you took the very uh, beginning with the very end, you would produce everything in between those two fish. So if you go online and look at that family tree chart and pick out two fish, you're basically going to produce everything in between. Um, And it would be totally random. Just depends on, I'm not too sure how familiar you are with science, but the Punnett square in science, um, you know, your parents have a dominant or recessive gene. So you, it just depends on trying to figure out what genetic patterns each parent has. And then there's always that, you know, nature percentage yeah. of really what's going to happen. Interesting. 
So every clownfish needs a good anemone, and you guys got the anemones. So how do you aquaculture your anemones? Um, so, you know, there's two ways. Obviously, there's natural splits by, you know, just, I mean, there's people either say it's bad water quality or an extremely healthy anemone you're feeding a lot. Um, and then there's also, you know, fragging them or cutting them, I guess, as you could say. Um, so we do a little bit of both in-house. Um, it's probably about 50-50. But uh, that's, you know, just feed them a lot and make sure they're doing all right. Yeah. Do you have a favorite type of anemone? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, probably the Black Widow is probably one of my favorites. So I you, I look on your website and you guys have a lot of different morphs. Is there any way when you're like fragging your anemones, can you like pull out some like morphs more than others? You know, that's a great question. Um, it's very interesting with the whole, I feel like anemones are really up and up right now for some reason. And I could be totally wrong. Um, but, you know, people will say, oh, you can't keep greens with rainbows and sunbursts with this, that, or the other. Yes, I'm sure there's chemical warfare, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've been doing anemone tanks for a couple of years now, like full anemone tanks, and uh, I've got them mixed all over the place. I'm kind of a firm believer in if they're aquacultured, you have a lot better chances. Um, obviously, you need to run a lot of carbon or now I'm running an aquachar, which is, seems to be doing amazing already. So I think that's a big play is, uh, you know, anticipating what is already scientifically known. You know there's chemical warfare going to happen. How are you going to maintain that? What's your best way to? Uh, but saying that again, you know, a lot of people are probably going to disagree with that, which is totally fine. Um, just in my experience, I, I haven't personally seen issues at all. And um, with your use of aquachar, um, like how long have you been using that? And has it really been uh, like changing your tank and making it great? Well, honest, honestly, I've only had it in for three days now. But with that said, and I know it hasn't been long at all. I feed extremely heavy. So I know there's been reviews on it, you know, removing a bunch of uh, all your nutrition out of your tank and everything. But I don't know, all medicines, you kind of have to do like half a dose, you know, it's just, there's always that, I don't know, gray area of what tank, what do you have, what's your livestock, uh, you know, so I think that has been a big play, but I walked down the other morning and I don't have any power heads in my NEM tanks, my grow outs, um, but a NEM got sucked into the overflow and went down and went right up into the pump again and went up and you know, it was in a couple pieces and I went in there and it was just, you know, melted. And here I am like, Oh no, like you know, there's hundred plus enemies in this tank. And I'm kind of looking around and I'm like, they're all so happy. Like, you know, and I start doing all the tests and everything to make sure everything's good and everything was good. And I, the water is crystal clear. It was just weird. Um, and I threw that aquachar in the night that night, so I really think it had a lot to do with that.
Um, you know, I'm still, I want to say, a complete novice. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Aquachar as well. Uh, so, I, had a I know that you saw a lot of macroalgae, and, and I was just wondering how do you grow your macroalgae to a scale suitable for your business but, uh, and manufacturing? And a lot of it does carry over, but my business partner Tyler and uh, Dennis, I believe, are actually that? really good friends, Tiger Boy. And, uh, Tyler's really the mad scientist behind that, but, you know, he's got his tanks at his house. All the trimmings from there come into, you know, our facility, and we grow them out here. And then it just kind of, that's that's the evolving kind of door there, you know. So we got to get him on the on the podcast sometime, and he'll explain his side of the things. Yeah, because, I mean, I can regurgitate what he says, or like I'm staring at a magazine right now that, Tiger Boy was just in the Reef Hobbyist. Um, I just, I'll probably not sound as smart as they were, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, from your experience, I know that you're, you're. I'd say you're a pretty good clownfish breeder. I'd say you're one of the best. And uh, do you find that macroalgaes can help you breed clownfish? Uh, yeah, absolutely. In my my opinion so i used to run big rack systems and one of the biggest issues with rack systems is your flow it's so hard to get good flow on those um so i actually went back down to like 10 gallon breeders uh just 10 gallons little hang on the back filters and you know i've, I've noticed a huge difference in less water changes just the nutrients and the you know the nitrates and everything just gets sucked up right into the plants so with that heavy feeding when you are trying to condition and breed a clownfish, it's it's a massive help in my opinion. Do you keep your eggs in the same tank as the parents or do you separate them? Um, there's really two options. So once again, I revert back to not only Robert, he's the, I don't know if he designed this method, but uh, I know Bahama Lama just did it on his YouTube channel this last week but if you have a sump and you do it all correctly there's it's hard for me to explain it's kind of got to see it but basically you create a siphon from your breeder tank into your fry tank back into your sump and your levels you don't add any pumps or anything but your levels basically stay the same and when clownfish hatch if you you know turn all the lights out and put a little light in that corner where that hose is sucking water out of the main tank they immediately go to light and it'll just get sucked right up into the fry tank. So that's a really good way to do it. Um, it's pretty simple, but it's it can be frustrating to set up the first couple times. Um, the other way is just pull the pot and replace it. Um, put it in your fry tank and make sure you have a lot of great airflow over those eggs. Because um, they'll develop bacteria and then, you know, die. Yeah, that's not good. But do you keep macroalgae in your fry tanks as well? Uh, no. Um, usually, well, you just tint the water with um, like a phytoplankton or an RG complete is what most breeders will use. And that basically helps the rotifers, which is the first step, I guess, to the food chain that baby clownfish can eat. So that helps not only relax them, I guess, in the tank, but also it gives them their food source, a food source to keep going. 
Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming on today. I learned a lot and I know that everyone listening will learn from you. So go check out Ben's Nems on Instagram and what's your website? Bensnems.com. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for coming on today. Absolutely. Talk to you soon.